welcome to the Running Jump Podcast. This is Joe, and today I'm going to be telling the truth about running and weight loss. Before I get into that, I want to remind everyone that I am not a doctor. I have never been a doctor. Do not take anything from this podcast as medical advice. If you have any medical questions, you should ask your doctor. Now to give a little update on my current training, last week went well. I had a speed workout that went really well, and I did a long run of 13 miles that went well. I was really trying to focus on running with good form for the long run, and the day before I had like a little shorter run, just trying my best because I have been experiencing some knee pain, so I thought if I ran with perfect form that my knee pain would go away. What I found though was after the long run, I was just completely wiped out. It was like just like muscle soreness and just general tired. It was like like everything in my legs and then like across my shoulders even was pretty tired. And I think what was happening is I just had certain weaknesses that were being masked by running with bad form. So that when I was actually trying to run the right way, I had all this soreness from like all all these muscles that weren't being used on all my previous runs. So I'm going to continue running with the best form I can. Uh, I'm trying to increase my cadence as I'm going, things like that. So moving forward, hopefully I can just like completely eliminate my knee pain by running with good form. And I was watching a YouTube video, actually, about how to run with proper form. And one thing the guy said maybe two to three times in the video is always remember to run tall. And he's like, you know, drive your hips forward and run tall. And I never did track or cross country or anything when I was growing up. So, like, this was, like, brand new information for me, like, weirdly enough. It's like I had never heard that term, run tall. And actually, I used to play football when I was really young and then like rugby a little bit later. And when you're playing those kind of sports, you actually want to run low. Like you want to sink your butt down and run low to the ground. It's like a center of balance and leverage thing. Like when it's a bulldozer versus a skyscraper, you always want to be the bulldozer. So I think by playing these sports for all these years and like trying to get low, trying to get low to the ground it actually gave me some bad habits when it came to running. Because, like, when it comes to, like, football also, you want to do a lot of, like, quick change of directions and things like that. Whereas if you're running long distances, that's not really the case as much. Like, you are really running straight most of the time. And if you do have a sharp turn, you actually probably do have to drop your hips a little bit so you can go around that turn and not uh, not tip over or something. And one example of this, if you really want to look, is if you look up highlights from Barry Sanders, he was a running back during the 90s, and he ran really low. Like, he was so low to the ground, like, sometimes his face mask was probably only a foot or two off the ground, and he could just change directions instantly, just because he was just, like, so flexible, so quick, and so low to the ground. But when you're doing some distance running, that's not really what you're going for. So I'm going to try to run tall, try to increase my cadence. And, you know, hopefully I can build up the strength in my legs that I'm lacking and just be a stronger runner, more healthy runner. Now it's time to get into the main topic of this episode, the truth about running and weight loss. 
Now, before I get into this, there are many facets of nutrition, like macronutrients, micronutrients, and so on. This episode is really just going to focus on weight loss for now. If I find that there is interest, I might do a more general nutrition episode later. But for now, we're just going to focus on weight loss. Many people initially get into running to lose weight. And really, it probably is one of the best weight loss exercises. Now, in addition to people that are just trying to lose weight through running, weight loss can benefit runners who are just trying to improve their times. If you think about it, if you're running a whole marathon with up and down hills, do you want an extra 10 pounds strapped to you? Absolutely not. So in addition to people who are trying to, you know, just lose weight, just to lose weight, this will actually benefit current runners as well. Now first, we need to discuss what is a calorie. And a calorie with an uppercase C is the amount of energy it takes to raise one kilogram of water, so one liter of water, one degree Celsius. So it's basically a measure of energy. Your body needs energy to do, you know, pretty much everything, like moving around and just your organs need a certain amount of calories to function. Your brain needs calories to function. If you take in exactly as many calories as your body will burn in a day, your weight will stay level. If you take more calories in in a day, the excess energy will be stored in your body as fat. And then if you take in less, you burn more than you take in, you will use some of your stored fat as energy and you will lose weight. Uh, there's some more complicated process. It doesn't just go directly from like the food you eat turns into fat like when you're sleeping. But just to simplify it for now, this is the way you should think about it. Now, one pound of fat stores approximately 3,500 calories. So if you want to lose one pound, you have to somehow find a way to make a deficit of 3,500 calories. For most people, they should aim to lose about one pound of fat per week. If you do more than that, it just either might not be sustainable, or you might end up burning some muscle in addition to burning fat. Now, very large people can aim to lose more. So somebody like north of 300 pounds, they say that you can lose up to 1% of your weight per week. So if you're, if you're 350 pounds, you can aim to lose uh, 3.5 pounds in that week. And I'm sorry about like switching between like metric and standard measurements. Like I live in the United States and, you know, we're, we're kind of in a mix of both, but it is what it is. <laughs> There's really two ways to create this deficit. You can decrease the amount of calories you're taking in, and you can increase your activity, so to increase how much you are burning. Now, some people will say, if you increase your activity, it's going to make you hungrier, and you're going to overeat, and it's just going to make it so... You know, the, the activity was useless. It's like people that run, it's like they're just going to crave a donut. They're going to eat the donuts and it's just pointless. And it's like, you know, there, there's this saying that's like you can't outrun a bad diet. And and of course, you know, there is some truth to that. But it's like they're like blaming the sins of the donut on the running. It's just completely ridiculous because 
Like, of course you can run to create some of this deficit. Now, how much you burn in a certain activity, it really comes down to like a few different factors. Like I'm going to put a link in the show notes for a calculator. And it's basically like, like your height, your weight, your gender. That's what this calculator takes in. So looking at this now, a 150 pound person running one mile will burn 119 calories, but a 300 pound person will burn 278. Now I just put in my stats here and for running five miles, it looks like it has me burning about 713 calories. And this is really why I think that running can be a useful tool for weight loss. When I look at my diet, it's really difficult to cut 713 calories. Like, I would have to make, like, really drastic changes in order to do that. Now, if you look at your diet and you realize you can cut 713 calories or so, like, you should definitely do that. Like, you should definitely cut out any, uh, any like, serious offenders, like, right away. Like, one thing you should look at is really making sure you don't uh, drink too many calories. So, like, like soda, beer, even juice. It's just full of sugar, and it really doesn't fill you up. Like, drinking a big cup of juice or a big cup of water, you'll probably get equally full, which is probably not that full. In general, sugar is just kind of bad, like... And so is high fructose corn syrup. Like, it's just very sweet, but it really doesn't fill you up at all. And it's just full of calories. And, you know, you're just much better off, like, like eating something that is high in protein compared to something that's high in sugar. There's a lot of people that lose weight. All they do is they just cut out all refined sugar and all corn syrup. And they actually lose weight just from doing that, just because these things are so calorically dense. Now, another thing you need to look at is what is called your basal metabolic rate. And the basal metabolic rate is just how much calories you will burn in a day if you do nothing. Like, if you use a calculator, you should probably put in for a sedentary person, unless you do have, like, a really active job, like, if you're, like, a waiter or something like that. And you just add this to how much you're burning for a, uh, you know, for the activities you do that day. And that'll give you your total calorie expenditure that day. And then if you're aiming to lose one pound a week, you should aim to eat 500 less calories than this amount for that day. And you can kind of plan your days based on this. You can think about, like, what are you doing activity-wise? And then you can kind of figure out how many calories are in each of your meals. And you can kind of go from there. There's uh, some people that will tell you that running, if you're large, is just really bad on your joints. And I think this can be the case for some people. But, like, overall, there's just so many studies that say that running actually strengthens your joints. And it helps with things like bone density. And really, it's better for your joints than just being sedentary or something like that. If you do have some kind of joint pain, you're going to feel, like, discomfort and pain way before it becomes a serious injury. So just listen to your body. If something is like actually painful, you should just stop and wait until you completely heal. But anytime you're at like a 5k or something, you'll see very large people cross the finish line. So don't let that discourage you. A lot of these people that are saying this aren't even real runners. Like anybody that runs a lot 
will encourage you to give it a shot. And if you are really worried or if you are experiencing some kind of joint pain, something you can look at is swimming. Swimming is a great aerobic activity. It strengthens your shoulders. Uh, it strengthens your core. And it's just very low impact on your joints and things like that. And people do burn a lot of calories swimming. Like I knew somebody who in college actually lost a lot of weight just by taking up swimming. So that's another thing you can look at. One thing to think about is you shouldn't be really shooting for perfection at all. You should be really looking to just make small improvements, you know, day over day, week over week. If you try to completely change everything you do, like running a lot and completely overhaul your diet, it's probably not going to be a lasting change. You know, you might just start right now just, you know, cutting out soda, cutting out soda and doing your little running and just measuring and just taking notes, just seeing how many calories you are burning in a day. And you want to weigh yourself just to see how you are progressing. And there's a lot of different opinions when it comes to this. Some people say that it's like you should do it once a week. Some people do it every day. I think the problem with doing it once a week is like, you know, your weight will fluctuate. Your weight will fluctuate. Two cups of water actually weighs one pound. And you might just sit down and drink two cups of water. And it's like, did you just gain a pound? It's like, no, you just happen to be full of water at the time. And based on like what you ate the night before, what you drank the night before, it's like your weight might not be accurate on any given day. So if you're only weighing yourself once a week, it's really not giving you the full picture. Uh, one thing that it's a bit more work, but it's probably going to give you a better idea is to weigh yourself every day and just have like a running seven day average. So it's like you just take the average of your past seven days and it's like that's the weight that you do. And you should try to aim to uh, weigh yourself at the same time every day, either right before you go to bed or right when you wake up. Write it down. You can keep it in a Google sheet or an Excel spreadsheet and just take that seven day average. And, you know, you can even graph that if you're in Excel and just see how that's trending. This is a really long-term thing. You know, that might not be great for some people, but we have to realize it's like a year is going to pass. Like, you're going to be here in a year, and in a year you could lose 50 pounds if, you're, if you have 50 pounds to lose. And it's like, do you want to be right where you are right now, or do you want to be, you know, somewhat improved? So even though it is slow, it's like you can make progress over time. I just want to close with uh, one last thing on this topic. There are more important things in life than what the scale says. As long as you are just kind of being more aware of what you are eating and how you are exercising, that's a win in itself. Don't let what the scale says, you know, make or ruin your day. There's just much more out there in life. Just be kind to yourself. Now, before I get into a listener question that I have received, I wanted to briefly touch on a topic that has been bothering me a bit. And that is the idea of virtual races. Now, we are still currently in the COVID pandemic at this point. Uh, things do look like they're improving. They are rolling out the vaccines, but in-person races are still few and far between, and they always have some kind of restriction. 
you know, either no spectators, people going in pods, you know, you got to wear masks in a certain point, you don't get water handed to you. So I think it's fair to say that in-person racing is not quite the way it was pre-COVID yet. Now, there were a lot of races during the pandemic that actually had to get canceled. And these races spend a lot of money, a lot of time to plan these races ahead of time. They need to order all the medals, order the shirts, figure out how they're going to block up the roads. Uh, You know, sometimes they have to hire cops. They have to advertise for it. You know, it's a year-long operation, some of these. And a lot of them are actually for a good cause. The pandemic happened, and they realized they had to cancel these races. They gave an option to have a virtual event. And the virtual event, basically, it instead of just giving a full refund, they would say, okay, we're going to still give you your shirt. We're going to still give you your medal if there was medals in that race. And you can submit a time. You know, it's kind of the honor system. And we'll post everyone's time for this distance. And hopefully we see you all next year. And I think this is a good thing. And I think if you are thinking about doing a virtual event, you know, you should probably consider doing an event like this. These races are, uh, you know, they had a lot of upfront costs that they wouldn't be able to recoup if everybody just bailed out on the race and demanded a full refund. And if, you know, they were seriously in the hole, it's possible that these races would never come back after the pandemic i know for sure there was a half marathon that i used to do you know just about every year and it was the first half marathon that i ever did that it's canceled now like it's never coming back and hopefully somebody else like picks up the baton and has that race in the future once the pandemic is completely cleared out but you know it's just a shame it's just like one of the many things that uh, the world is not going to be the same uh, on the other end of this pandemic. But what I take issue with is it seems like there are a lot of people that see these virtual races, and they never had an in-person race at all, and they have no intention of giving any money to charity. They just see it as an easy way to make money. And if you think about it, it kind of is, because some of these races will go for you know, $70 or something like the, it, the price is variant, but, you know, and they'll just mass produce shirts, they'll get like some kind of cheap metal, maybe. And they'll set up a website for you to report your times. And they'll be like, Oh, it's this virtual challenge. And it's just like these people that are just like trying to, uh, you know, really, first off, they're trying to profit off the pandemic. They're trying to profit off people who have like, uh, they're just missing racing and virtual racing is not the same. And it's just, this money is not going to a good cause. This money is not going to a race that you want to come back next year. It's just going into the pockets uh, to somebody that doesn't mind profiting off of a pandemic. And I think it's horrible. And I don't really see that many people speaking out against it, but I think you're much better off if you want to do something like that. Just, you know, just be like, okay, I'm going to run a uh, a virtual half marathon and you just do it yourself and you just time it and just say, you know, this is the time I got. You can even make yourself a shirt, you know, 
literally anything is a better use for your money instead of giving it to these leeches. So that's all I have to say on that. And now I will get into a listener question. This question says, Hi, Joe. Great podcast. Thank you for your positive coaching. I am planning my runs and committing to running four days a week. My question is, what do you suggest for rest days? Stretching and strengthening? Complete rest? Thanks. This really depends on what you want to do. I know that I used to play rugby and I would I would stretch every single day and I really felt great. Like I just felt very flexible. I felt like brand new. So I think if it's, you have time to stretch every day, that's definitely something you can do even on your rest days. Right now, I am also doing some weightlifting for my upper body on my rest days, and that seems to be going fine as well. Sometimes you need a complete rest day. Like, if you have trouble just going up and down the stairs, or like, particularly going down the stairs, that's a good sign that you really need to take it easy that day. But I think there is some value to doing some walking, even on your rest days. I think it just, uh, it'll keep you loose. It'll keep you in uh, the momentum that I was talking about in the previous episode, if you just plan some kind of fitness activity every day. So I think there's like mental and physical benefits to uh, going out and doing a walk, even on a rest day. I think mainly it's you want to avoid any running, you know, that's that's really the main thing. You you you're trying to avoid overuse injuries and you're just trying to give your body a chance to recover from your previous runs. If you feel up to it, you can definitely do strengthening exercises for the rest of your body and like there is definitely some benefit that you'll gain in your running if you have time to do that. You you do want to worry a little bit about uh, doing too much too quickly and getting burnt out. So every once in a while, if you have just a complete rest day, that's probably good for you as well. But you definitely shouldn't worry about stretching on your rest days or just doing like a like low impact activities. You know, swimming could be good also on a rest day. And really remember that if going down the stairs is very challenging, then you definitely need a rest day. Even if it wasn't a day that you were planning on resting, uh, you, you should really give your body a chance to recover at that point. That is all that I have for this episode. If you want one of your running questions answered, the email address for this podcast is runningjumppod at gmail.com. That's runningjumppod at gmail.com. And if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, my Twitter account is at the running jump. Thank you. I hope you have a great week. And if you found this information useful at all, I would really appreciate it if you hit subscribe. Thanks for listening. <laughs>